Finally, that good problem to have comes around again with a roster crunch looming. We're close to the return of Tyro Estrada that could very well be ahead of the Giants next game on Saturday in Oakland. Also, Mitch Haniger, Kyle Harrison, lots of guys to add to the roster. How do the Giants make room for them? We'll get into it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Check us out there if you have not already, and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to Locked on Giants today. And coming up on today's show, a mailbag edition of the show. You guys provided some great questions, as always, and lots of them. So thank you so much. Uh, the first batch of questions, as I alluded to there in the open, is about the the roster crunch that's coming up. And it's very real. Um, and, and several of you asked. Brian, Oscar, Israel, SF Giants, Nick, Deposed Royalty, Bartlett, and, and Nick um, all ask kind of the same question in different ways. Brian saying Hanager, Tyro, Yaz, Luis Gonzalez, Brebia, uh, all coming back this year, not to mention Beck, who is currently on the roster, Keaton Wynn, Marco Luciano, Kyle Harrison, etc. How do you make room for everyone? What does the roster look like next month? And yeah, so I'm just going to kind of go through this person by person because, like I said, Tyro Estrada could very well be back on Saturday. And right away, that one's pretty easy. I think that it's uh, Isan Diaz being optioned because, you know, I guess it could be Casey Schmidt, but I think they like the uh, defensive versatility there. But Casey Schmidt uh, just really hasn't hit at all. And he's had, he did have some better at bats for a period there, but then the last at least the last game, last few games against Arizona, totally lost again. And so I think, you know, at some point, Schmidt is definitely a guy. So it could either be, to me, Schmidt or Isan Diaz as a simple option, you know, getting sent to AAA uh, to call up Tyro Estrada, to activate Tyro Estrada, I should say, off the IL. And so that one's pretty easy. And then when you look at a Mitch Haniger, I think that you could possibly just also, you could do the other one of those infielders who didn't get sent down, but you start looking at, you know, it's probably maybe an outfielder that you want to take off the roster instead. And in terms of guys who can be like optioned, there simply aren't, actually there is, there's, excuse me, there's Luis Matos. I think that Luis Matos probably gets sent down when the when the outfield is at full strength. And also keep in mind, this is for, I'm talking about August, because in September you get two extra roster spots. So that's going to be especially valuable 
for this team because they do have all these pieces that there aren't exactly enough there isn't exactly enough room for everybody and so you know Haniger we don't know exactly when he's going to come back it might be towards September anyway and so you could see someone like Matos optioned but then come back like a week later but you know when they're when they're fully healthy you've got an outfield of Haniger Yastrzemski, Slater, and Conforto. And I know that's only four guys, but then keep in mind, Wade is capable of playing the outfield. Peterson can play the outfield. Even, I mean, actually not even even, Blake Sable can play the outfield. And of course, AJ Pollock is currently on this roster and he can play the outfield. And so they would have kind of a choice, actually, if you, you know, if Mato starts doing really well, he could stay and AJ Pollock He cannot be optioned. He's been in the league 10 years, so you can't be optioned at that point without your consent. And he would be a DFA candidate. And so Pollock is a DFA candidate down the road. Schmidt and Matos and Isan Diaz are the optionable guys, the guys who would be optioned. And outside of that, I don't really see any other guys moving in any other way there's really they're kind of limited in what they can do and you know the fact that Conforto and Haniger have track records and also have this contract for next year there's no way that they're just going to DFA these guys even though the performance hasn't been great and so uh I'm pretty sure yeah that gets you know there's not a ton of offensive players who are out it, it is really just Haniger and Tyro who are like slam dunks I guess Yaz has to come back off the IL too so that would be three guys. Luis Gonzalez, it's harder to fit him in unless somebody goes down. So, yeah, Diaz, Schmidt, and then Matos or Pollock. Those four, three of those four for the three hitters, Yaz, Estrada, and Haniger. And then on the pitching side, it's tougher. It's tougher. When you talk about Kyle Harrison, for example, not to mention like having to add him to the 40-man roster, which I don't believe he's on, right? Because he never needed to be added. Yeah, he's not on the 40-man roster. And so you'd have to, currently their 40-man is full. So, you know, that makes a DFA arguably more likely because you have to make room on the major league roster, but also the 40-man. And in terms of optionable pitchers, this is, I wanted to address this. If you listen a lot, You heard me saying that I really thought the Giants were going to trade one of their pitchers, and they didn't. And I really felt in the last couple days that that changed, and it changed because they had three significant injuries to players who are very much like in the mix, including Anthony DiScofani, who was like not just in the mix, but in the major leagues and pitching. And so losing DiScofani, but then also Keaton Wynn, and Carson Wisenhunt sustained elbow injuries and that just completely like changed the equation and so that to me is why they didn't end up trading I think if those three were healthy they might have traded an Alex Wood for example so you know or a Jacob Junis perhaps I think yeah so guys who can be optioned on the pitching staff it is such a limited uh they're so limited in their options here Literally, Logan Webb, 
not getting optioned. Camilo Duvall, not getting optioned. Tyler Rogers, not getting optioned. But they're the only ones who have options, except also Ryan Walker and Tristan Beck. So the issue is Ryan Walker and Tristan Beck have performed, but they're the only guys who have options outside of those clearly not getting sent down players in Webb, Duvall, and Tyler Rogers. And so this is where it's going to be a crunch because the question is, do they make the tough decision to send down performing players like Beck or Ryan Walker, or do they like DFA a Jacob Junis or an Alex Wood? And so that's going to be fascinating. Like I said, they do need to make a 40-man spot for a Kyle Harrison. You could also just see the IL be used here. And you technically, you're not allowed to like just put someone on the IL with a fake injury. But, you know, it happens. And, you know, all these guys have wear and tear. So you can kind of make an injury appear because... You can say, look, they've got this soreness or whatever. So they they really don't like to DFA guys who they think can contribute or, you know, are under contract, certainly for multiple more seasons. Like we saw them hang on to La Stella. Honestly, it's a fair criticism that they have done that a little too much where you hold on to guys who are struggling. Sending down Beck in the first place, I didn't like that. And if they do it again, it, people are going to be mad. Uh, but I, I can't imagine in the thick of the race that they would do it again. I, I guess I can imagine it because they already did it, but that's where it, that's what it comes down to. Only Beck and Walker can be sent down realistically. And the DFA candidates are Jacob Junis and Alex Wood. I don't think Sean Manaya or Ross Stripling are DFA candidates as they have that extra year on their contract. The reason Junis and Wood make more sense is that their contracts are up at the end of the season. And for Junis, he's not being paid much at all. So maybe he is the more likely of the two. But I'm not I'm not certain in any of this. And then talking about Brebia, I mean, I don't know how you make room. It it, it seems like a tough option decision could be made with a Tristan Beck and they already did it. It wasn't popular. They might do it again at some point. But again, keep in mind the rosters, you know, rosters do expand from 26 to 28 on September 1st. And so that you might see a tough decision, but then the guys come, somebody come back not too long from when they get sent down potentially. So anyway, that was the best I could answer that for now without I could spend a whole episode breaking that down. But coming up in just a minute, instead, not instead, but in addition, we're going to get into the hitting philosophy and the hitting coaches. The Giants have not done well offensively, not just this year, really, but kind of last year, too. And so we're going to get into that in just a minute. And before we do, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. 
Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. All right, as promised, more questions and answers. We're going to get into the hitting situation, which has turned ugly here uh, very much so in the last month plus. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Every dayers on Monday, we're going to be talking about this two-game series in Oakland. As I said when the A's were in San Francisco, this is just a, a real opportunity to play probably the weakest team in baseball. And the Giants took advantage last time, and hopefully they can get the bats going against the A's, who their biggest problem has been pitching, allowing over six runs a game on average. So can we please wake up the bats? They have been slumbering. So the next couple questions are about the hitting, like I said, and specifically here. Let me just tell you. Shannon M. says, thoughts on Justin V. Lee and his approach doesn't seem to be working. And then Glenn says, really don't love our offensive approach. Would much rather see guys sit fastball and react. A ton of guessing wrong lately. A lot of uncompetitive at-bats with two strikes. Need to put the ball in play and make tougher outs and not stick to their, quote, approach. And Yes. So this is like a long time in the making here because the the full story is, of course, that in 2020, when Gabe Kapler came in, brought in like a whole new coaching staff outside of Ron Wotus. And part of that coaching staff was a three-person hitting group that was led by Donnie Ecker and also included Justin Veeley and Dustin Lind. And in 2020, they hit well. And I think, you know, people expected that the Giants to be bad in 2020, and they were actually quite above average offensively. And it was a big reason why they almost made that expanded playoffs that year. And anyway, it people said, oh, it won't, it was a small sample. They won't do it in a full season in 2021. Well, those were, those people were wrong. They won 107 games on the backs of, setting a franchise record in home runs and just being an offense. I mean, they did everything well, obviously, to win 107, but they hit again. And so two for two with the new hitting coaches and and it was the talk of the town. I was on this podcast constantly talking about the influence of the hitting coaches. But what happened after 2021, the Texas Rangers came along and plucked Donnie Ecker away from the Giants. They made him their bench coach and offensive coordinator, where he was in charge of the hitting for the organization from the major leagues all the way down through the minor leagues. And what has happened to the Rangers in the last couple of years? Kind of the exact same thing that happened with the Giants in 2020 and 2021. They've taken off offensively. Last year, they started kind of slow and overall the numbers weren't eye-popping, but this year, if you look at what the Rangers are doing, there's probably a tendency for a lot of people to say, oh, it's Bruce Bochy. But I'm going to say it's 
Donnie Ecker, like the the hitting has just been unbelievable. They lead, I believe they lead the major leagues. They have they I'm pretty sure they lead the major leagues by a hefty margin in runs scored. And so anyway, this is a roundabout way of saying I avoided for a long time, not because I didn't want to address it, but because I didn't want to jump to conclusions. I avoided kind of saying for sure that, I mean, I waited like a year and a half now to say this, but yeah, I I believe that Donnie Ecker was a huge loss to the Giants and I'm not very confident. I'm, I'm not convinced still, believe it or not, that uh, Justin Veeley and Dustin Lind aren't capable capable of helping the Giants be a good offensive team. And in fact, through several months this year, they were well above average. They weren't great, but they weren't what they've become. I mean, speaking to uh, the question from Glenn about I don't love our offensive approach, it's, it's easy to love right now. I, I mean, excuse me. Excuse me. It's easy to not love. It's very hard to love what you're seeing because over the last 30, 30 plus games since June 25th, the Giants have been the worst team in baseball offensively with a 71 weighted runs created plus. They're hitting just 208 with a 284 on base percentage, a 337 slugging, something that really, I mean, all of those numbers are dreadful. But what stands out to me a lot this year is, and especially in comparison to 2021, like I said, when they set a franchise record in homers, the power, where did the power go? Like in 2021, just up and down the lineup, guys were just hitting homers. They had a bunch of guys hit 20, I I think. This year, they may not have a single guy reach 20. J.D. Davis and Wilmer Flores have a shot, but they may not get a single 20 home run hitter this year. And yeah, I mean, basically, I don't know if it's about approach. Obviously, they're not taking good at bats, right? Like, but I'm not sure it's the approach itself. It's the execution. Like, I think maybe the plan is good, but they don't stick to it or... They're just like when they get their pitch, they're not hitting it like they should. But overall, like the approach that they had in 2021, I think is the same approach that they have now, which generally speaking is supposed to be look for a pitch you can do damage with. And if you get it, take a rip at it. And if it's not that pitch, and I don't mean like hone in on one pitch type in one location, but it's kind of like a general, what's your... I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. They don't reveal exactly what they're looking for up there. But, you know, look for a pitch you can drive. And if it's not a pitch you can drive, just simply don't swing, even if it's on the edges of the zone. And that's why, you know, a lot of times you see the called third strikes and all that. And I personally, like, that's what they did in 2021, too. And it led to such great offense. But this year, to me, it's not like the approach is different. It's that the execution is not as good and the power is not there. Like when they get their pitch to drive, they're either not driving it or they're fouling it off or they're swinging through it. Like a lot of in zone swing and miss with guys like J.D. Davis for, for long stretches. So, you know, you also lost Buster Posey and he had such a great year in 2021 20, and Crawford. But part of that is like, 
why can't Crawford do that now? Why did he do that in 2021 and he can't do it now? Like he he finished third in MVP voting in the National League. And then as soon as Donnie Ecker left, he went back to being kind of the guy, different stance. I mean, he totally changed his stance and swing from 2019 to 2020 and it's stuck. So it's like, it's still the same philosophies and, and stuff being taught, but the 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 results just simply have not been the same. And over the last two years, like we're now talking about a significant sample here of 2022 and four months of 2023, Giants check in with a 99 weighted runs created plus, meaning just a tick below average offensively. And I expected more. And so I I, I think they got they have to reevaluate like and I really wish I don't understand why they let Donnie Ecker go that I don't get. I'd I'd love to know the story behind that. Anyway, that's my thoughts on that. I think it's something they need to evaluate because their hitting hasn't been, been good enough and they're not getting like the most out of guys like Michael Conforto or anybody. I mean, certain guys like Wade and all that, but man, like look at just, it's not just Seeger and Simeon on the Rangers. It's like everybody. And that's what we saw from the Giants in 2021. It wasn't just Posey and Crawford. It was up and down. Darren Ruff, you know, everybody. So, except Tommy LaStella. Anyway, coming up in just a minute, the th- my thoughts on the new patch. The Giants are wearing a advertisement on their jerseys for the first time ever. And they revealed it on Thursday. Also, how about this guy, Wade Meckler? Is he going to get a chance with the Giants? Could it possibly be very soon? We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do. All right, as promised, we're going to discuss the jersey advertisement. The Giants are wearing a patch on their classic jerseys, and a lot of people are not happy about it. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is on Monday discussing two games against the Oakland A's, the roster moves that get made inevitably with uh, Tyro Estrada coming back. And yeah, it'll be a lot to discuss. So we'll see you then. And the next question is about the next couple questions about this patch. Um, Brandon Brawford asks, thoughts on the new patch? Riggs says, how the heck... uh, I'm making it more language appropriate. Do we petition to get those godforsaken cruise advertisement advertisement patches taken off? Well, I regret to inform you, Riggs, but it's never going to happen. This is here to stay with the Giants, and you'll probably never see them wear their jersey again without an advertisement patch on it, at least one. It's possible that they expand to have even more advertisements as the years go by but this deal with Cruz is through 2025 and I don't believe it that they're gonna write I think they need a little time to get them on all their jerseys so you might not see it on Saturday and Sunday for example but it's coming it's gonna be daily they're gonna wear the patch and that's that and so the the story is in the new collective bargaining agreement, which went into effect in 2022, uh, it became allowed for teams to get 
advertisers to wear advertising on jerseys and you know a big win for the owners there to get this they obviously wanted it the reason they want it is because they make money and i did a little bit of digging and it looks to me like the range of what it costs for advertisers here is anywhere from a little less than 10 million per year to like almost 30 million per year and so i would imagine that the Giants fall somewhere in the like 15 to 20 million dollar annually range for what Cruz is paying them for this. And so my thoughts on it, generally speaking, I don't like it. I don't like that they're advertising on their jersey. I'd much prefer that they're not. But it's not unique to the Giants. There are a lot of other teams that have this. I'm pretty sure that a lot of you maybe didn't even notice that a lot of other teams that come into town are wearing advertisements on their sleeve. Maybe you did, but the Yankees have it. The Mets have it. The Padres have Motorola. Braves have Quickrete. So my thoughts are, I don't know much about Cruz. I did live in San Francisco for quite a while. I don't anymore, but I saw the Cruz cars driving around, you know, even many years ago. And my thoughts are, it's to me, I don't know, like some people have said that they're an awful company. I don't really know much about all that. All I know is that they're founded in San Francisco. And so, you know, a local company, electric cars, you know, sustainability and, and, you know, pushing towards a more electrified future, whatever, all that stuff is generally a positive versus like Motorola or Quickrete, where it's just like very impersonal and just a major national brand or international brand. So I'm glad it's local. And I think that as far as the looks go on a patch, as far as how it could look, it generally looks better than some. It's it's not like hideous design wise. I actually kind of like the design. I just don't want it on the Giants jersey, but it's it's just I was resigned to this eventually happening because the teams are not going to turn down the opportunity to make tens of millions of dollars a year when they're allowed to do it. So, that's the explanation and it's not going away. And I I honestly think just like most advertising, you'll just grow to not even notice it, but it'll go implanted into your brain and you might use Cruise more than you would have otherwise. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Next questions. And anyway, the petition to get rid of them, it's just not going to happen. It's There's no chance that you're not going to see these. It's just inevitable. Uh, Cody says, odds of a Wade Meckler debut this season? Great question. Uh, from Farhan Zaidi's mouth himself. I didn't say that perfectly, but he said, I was listening on the Giants Talk podcast with Alex Pavlovich and Cole Kuyper. It was Pavlovich and Laura Britt sitting down with Farhan Zaidi and uh, well worth a listen, if I do say so myself. And Farhan Zaidi said, like, this, he was in love with his at bat quality, which, as we just discussed, the Giants could use some better at bat quality. And he's in AAA. 
Zaidi was watching their Triple A game like a few days ago and just said the at bats were incredible. And he also said he's definitely a guy that we could see on the roster and it might be very soon. It was just such a hint. And so that excited me because a guy like this, he he seems to be a guy unlike a lot of other Giants players who would hit for batting average and also get on base a ton because of the walk, uh, the good eye, the great at-bat quality, like spitting on pitches. I know exactly what he's referring to, like just recognizing pitches really early out of the hand of pitchers. And, but, you know, if you look at the minor league numbers, if you look at some of the projections for Wade Meckler, uh, we're looking at a guy who probably hits for a pretty high average and also gets on base a lot because of that, plus the walking. Not a ton of power, but those other things are really intriguing attributes. And so the odds, based on what Zaidi said, I mean, I think the odds are pretty high. And I hope we see him soon because a lot of what we're seeing right now offensively isn't working. And so they need to fix that. I don't think that they... People ask about the sustainability of bullpen games. I think what's more concerning is the sustainability of being the worst offensive team in the majors for over a month because their pitching has, despite all the questions, been good. But the hitting has just not been good for a long period. And so if they think Meckler can help them, they should absolutely get him up here. But as we said, the roster crunch is already there before talking about adding a guy like Meckler to the mix. And of course, he's also not on the 40 man. So I hope they do it. But, you know, and that'll be another thing maybe on Monday that we'll get to talk about. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. Everydayers. Yeah, you just heard me on Monday. Lots to break down, hopefully. Yeah. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on Twitter at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S-P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. It helps me out so much. So thank you in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Have a great weekend. Can't wait to be with you again on Monday. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.